Hello, welcome to Web3 Needs Some Soul. I'm your host, Steve Sinfleur, founder of Culture Touch Studio and Culture Touch XYZ. I'm getting ready to dive into an amazing episode with the founder of Playground app. Uh, her name is Jean Lang. Um, she started Playground about two years ago. Um, her background is creative agency, similar to my background, working at different creative agencies, working with clients on different digital innovation, also um, advertising campaign. I'm looking forward to speak to her to get to know what Playground is all about and what she's working on and who she is as a person. Let's dive into this episode. And again, welcome to Web3 Needs Some Soul. It's all about looking for the pro- next product in the Web3 space that's really going to impact society, also impact humanity. Let's get into it. Hello. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Yes. All right. So um, please announce yourself and just give us a little quick background of who you are and everything. Sure. I'm Ja. I'm the founder and CEO of Playground. We're a Web3 community platform that helps people discover, build, and collaborate Web3 communities. Um, a little bit about my background. I you know I'm from New Mexico um, and grew up around a lot of different cultures and that really inspired kind of the, the soul of Playground, which is like sharing experiences and, and getting new perspectives. Um, I went to school at UT Austin and really developed my passion for startups and entrepreneurship there. It's a very entrepreneurial city. Um, worked for um, a, a, an unbanked finance startup um, in Austin. Um, after traveling for a few years, started my career in New York City and moved my way up as a creative director uh, in advertising, doing product marketing. Uh, most of my clients have been across tech brands and youth culture brands, so I was always really interested at the intersection of tech and culture and entertainment. Um, so some of those brands include you know, anywhere from Google Play to YouTube Music or Beats by Dre. Um, um, also did consulting stints at Facebook um, and at Verizon 5G Labs. And what I encountered across my career was, you know, you know, I started when a lot of brands were just starting to activate on social media, you know, and so the entirety of my career was what are we activating on social? Is it really connecting us the way it's saying? And, and of course, over the years, how it played out was, well, I think Web2 social, um, you know, was more passive than participatory and the ad model behind it was more destructive than, you know, where we want to go with it. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, before we dive in, uh, let's go back in your background as far as, you know, growing up as a child and how that it shaped your career and who you are. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background about your family life and the way you grew up? Yeah, um, my parents are Taiwanese American and, you know, it's interesting, like my grandparents are from China and they moved to Taiwan as part of like the great migration to Taiwan. Um, so, and then my parents, they left Taiwan in their early thirties um, and moved to the Southwest and had never been to New Mexico before because my dad got a job there, settled in Santa Fe. And so I see it as kind of a lineage of people who have, you know, um, you know, have either been counterculture or taken a lot of risk and like were kind of, uh, like the energy is very much of like going someplace new. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was one of the only Asian Americans in school. Um, so my best friends were Hispanic, Spanish descent, Native American, Indigenous. Um, and yeah, I, I saw like my, our family friends, the mix of food and cultures, it was so rewarding. And I think, you know, as a person, that's where I really started to realize like the way people connect and, you know, really deeply bond and was through not necessarily like geography or like racial background or geographical background. It was like through shared interests and shared experiences. Like I, now that we've shared an experience together where we have, we, we have the same passions, like we have endless things to do together and talk about together. And as you do things together, um, shared memories and like, you know, um, having more empathy for people that might look different than you, like, because you have like these reference points now, like that was like, basically all my growing up was like experiencing with people who, you know, might not, I wouldn't have been exposed to. It's wonderful because, and that is very interesting. And how does that play a role to your creative life and your professional life, working in advertising and everything? Yeah. I mean, again, as I was working um, my way up through advertising, um, I started as a copywriter and, you know, I think it's kind of, more in vogue now to kind of have more diversity in those spaces that are kind of um, creating the media wallpaper of our lives. But back then, I was a different kind of voice, and a copywriter is one writing the words and kind of like the the voice pitching in a room for and being the voice for a global brand and kind of sharing what that might be like. I think I was a different kind of voice, and it helped that I kind of was used to being comfortable in uncomfortable environments. So it really didn't face me by the time I started um, my career. Um, and I think it definitely helped in some of the brands that I've worked on. For example, I said I had a focus on tech brands, like platforms like a YouTube, for example, or like a Google. They're very democratic. Um, and so I think being able to understand like the diversity of voices even back then when the creator economy was very nascent um is it was good to work on like democratic platforms like that wow you know there was that's very interesting because you know we have similar background you know i work in creative and advertising i think the more you have a, a diverse background it actually help you a lot as far as helping you define user personas help you understand user cases and all that stuff um so now you started in in the early web one right i would assume um to, to web 2.5 where we at now now during those time have you what was the first social media platform that you interact with and stuff like that yeah um when i i'm dating myself a little bit but when i was in university <laughs> so is when i was probably freshman when you know the Facebooks came out and then after college when I was traveling the world um, was around when Instagram came out so I was using these platforms as they were coming out how they were supposed to be used and then by the time I started my career I remember my first internship they had the interns do a presentation and like how do we make this campaign which was all film and print and outdoor social and uh, back then Facebook was allowing developers to like you know, have access to their to their code and build new things. So I was coming up with new ideas for Facebook even back then, and I felt wow. really proud of myself. Um, and then 
yeah, over time, I, you know, I, I did, uh, I worked across a numerous agencies where I really gravitated towards the non-traditional um, departments, really, you know, naturally gravitated towards fleshing out the non-traditional, more innovative parts of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so advertising agencies, they make their money off of like big budget, like commercials sometimes, you know, and so a lot of energy would be put there, but I didn't care if a project would get like pushed through or not. I still wanted to be able to show new kinds of thinking and agencies like that too. And they know that they can flex and show like a breadth of stuff, even if in the end it's like some 30 second film that's being made in the end, it worked out for me because I didn't care about that. I just Mm -hmm. cared about like exploring new media. And so if you keep training yourself in that long enough and like it compounds over 10 years and Mm -hmm. you find yourself in really interesting spaces, you know, and, relating to creatives like yourself that have been doing it their whole careers too. And, um, and now being able to like innovate on top of that experience was really fun. Very fun. Right. Um, what was interesting at, uh, during those time, as you mentioned, is that those platform was for, for you to connect with your family members and your friends and, and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, so what does community mean to you? Right. Um, especially not, where we at now with those platforms now becoming like, you know, um, advertising channels and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, to me, community is true connection, right? I think it can be two people or more than two people. Um, it's a sense of belonging at the end of the day. Um, a safe space to connect. And normally those safe spaces occur because you can be totally self-expressed, which means that you're in a space of like-minded individuals with shared interests and shared passions. At the center of a community is usually an idea. No one can own a, an idea, you know. Um, you just gather and are energized around the idea. Um, and so that what brings people together is those shared values. Um, yeah, and so to me, just not to get now technical, that's like the more emotional side of it. Yeah. And on the technical side, it is at the end of the day decentralized, right? People within a community and as it grows can splinter off into smaller subgroups and they can leave the community and they join again or new members join or some people leave. And so it's like this organic, dynamic, living, mm-hmm. breathing group of people like with shared values. Um, so... You know, I think of it that way. And then, sorry, this is how my mind works. I think of one idea in multiple yeah. different angles. And then, like, at a platform level, you know, like, a community is when you can connect with all of the other members in the community. It's not just an audience. So some of these platforms that we've seen in Web2, it's good for audience building. But yeah. it's not great for community building. Um, so it has to be, you know, the member-to-member connections that are that comprise a community. Wow, that's very, very passionate and sound like you you really care about what you're doing. So um, you start this very entrepreneurial uh, venture, right, uh, which is Playground app, right? Uh, can you walk us through, like, this journey that you, you've been on so far? Like, what was the motive behind it? Um, yeah, I mean, similar to how I just explained the last question, there was multiple, I think, inspirations. Um, on a personal level, I think you know, you like working in a cultural industry, you think, and, and, you know, on tech platforms, you think about the culture that people want to 
create and the future that we all want to create for over the next 10 years and beyond. And I think the world that we want to create together is one that's more connected and positive and fun and playful mm-hmm. versus like what's been going on. And so, you know, the name playground came because I believe that truly the whole world's a playground. You know, we're alive in this moment together. Like mm-hmm. why waste time? Let's like do stuff together. Let's, there's so many, uh, yeah, there's always new people to meet, new things to do together. And that to me is like the joy that I think kids have when they're young. It doesn't, they don't care like what, yeah. <laughs> what you do for work or like what race or nationality you are, what your projects are. It's just like, hey, you want to go do this cool yep. thing? And that's just like pure joy and like aliveness. And I think, you know, what people want more of. So that was kind of like the emotional reason for like, oh, what's like a global playground look like? Um, and then as far as like product insights go, I traveled, you know, I'm pretty lucky I got to travel a lot. Um, and like every time I went to a new country, um, you know, the hardest thing and the most exciting thing was to be able to find community, you know, cause everything else is pretty much, um, instant mm-hmm. with tech. Like you go someplace and you can get food delivered you can book a hotel and get shelter you can book a ride and get transportation uh you know some places you get i mean you can even get a date right sometimes you like yeah. use tech it's all very instantaneous to get community like we saw in the pandemic just to like sometimes be together that was really hard mm-hmm. non-scalable um and so uh i think on a platform level i was like oh how do i find community no matter where i am um and that insight came when I was traveling the world I was like what's there to do like and mm-hmm. I connect with people that you know would take me places and I would leave my trip having like a sense of like oh I have friends here I have community here this country feels like home now um, and I wasn't just like touring um so it came from a sense of wonder and nice travel yeah as well and how does platform work now um how did this playground app work uh can you walk us through some of the overall like how do you sign up or the overall user flow yes um so you can think of playground as um two sides on the front end we are community discovery okay so and on the and the back end we're end-to-end creator tools that help creators build and grow and monetize their community um so we're solving two problems in this space um so the first discovery, like where do you go to find and discover a community? Currently, especially in Web3, your community might be in a Telegram chat or a WhatsApp group. And then if it matures, then it goes on to Discord, right? So your chats are in one place. But where are memberships managed for the community? And then when the community gathers at an event, where are those events um, being Hosted. Mm-hmm. While it's in the metaverse or meta- multiverse, it's in real life, mm-hmm. it's on these ticketing platforms. Um, and then what brings you, you know, back to community are the chats. So your events, your analytics, your chats, the members, they're all on different places. So, you know, your drops and your projects, now they're being launched in a marketplace somewhere. Like, where is, where do I go to discover all of the cool cultural communities? You know, Spotify is the discovery platform for music so on the front end playground we want to be the discovery platform for communities so you can search communities across art wellness film comedy film um, activism for example um all in one place 
And on the back end, the second problem we're solving is for the creators of communities. Like they, you know, they're so passionate and their work is so important. They're literally weaving the cultural fabric back together by being community builders. But the tools they have are very disparate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you build a community, it's like in Telegram chat, and you're like, hey, everyone come to this event. And you drop an Eventbrite link in there and it gets lost in the thread. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, I'm dropping this project now. And it's like another link from a marketplace in the thread. It gets lost, it doesn't convert. Then you're like stitching all together all the analytics with something else like Zapier. You're managing your membership somewhere else. How do you, you know, token gate everything? Like each tool is a separate thing. So we've created end-to-end simple tools for you to grow, monetize, and collaborate with other communities on the back end. Perfect. Now, where is all that data that you just mentioned? How does the, the data is being stored and how is it decentralized? Yeah, that's a great question. So the number one thing from obviously um, studying social, but that was like obvious to everyone is like people should absolutely own their own data and it should absolutely be private. And so, um, and so that data is, that, that is owned by the community. So the creator of the community owns the own, their mm-hmm. own data and they can like choose what to do with it. But for right now, we're saying like definitely playground doesn't own it and we can't see it and it's private. Perfect. Now, what are the, the would you say web three, what is the web three is solving? Is it just data or is it, what would you, how would you define web three? and the future of Web3? Uh, in general, or as we will kind of leverage it at Playground? Um, in general, and also in Playground on how you guys... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Web3 is about giving power back to the hands of creators, and we're all creators, right? And so when we gather around ideas and form communities, create value within that community by you know, doing projects together, by hosting events together, creating opportunities that move the economy forward. Um, It's all about ownership. So how do you co-own IP that comes out of a community, co-own the governance rights of how to decide what to do within the community? Um, How do you give power back to the creators of what to do with their data? Um, And by removing the middleman who normally, you know, slows down the process or takes a cut or whatever, like if you can build the that logic directly into smart contracts, then it's all um, seamless, permissionless, and there's a lot of creative um, new systems that can be built out of Web3. Yeah. Now with, um, with Playground, right? Um, you no, know, when we talk about Web3, we talk about the uh, NFTs and all that stuff, but there is also a component of digital token that mm-hmm. uh, Playground is, I think you guys are getting ready to implement. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So if on a general level, play, uh, Web3 is about like ownership, um, and we start to underpin the values of our platform with that in mind. And so that means how do we co-build a global playground together and all of the activity and value that happens on playground through the communities we're bringing on? How is that co-owned? So ultimately in our tokenomics, um, communities should own at least 51% of the platform. Um, The platform, you know, like I said, communities are started on there, they can host events, they can drop any kind of content they want, 
just like on any social platform, you can connect with other members. The difference is, though, Web3 communities are currently built on Web2 platforms. Telegram, Discord, Facebook, even Twitter and Reddit and WhatsApp, they're all Web2. So on Playground, um, not only do we have the functionalities I mentioned, but as you engage and as you play, you're earning. So the more you play, the more play points you get. And um, play points are you know, related back to an NFT system that we're de defining. Uh, similar to like a deck of cards, there's play cards where you move from, you know, two through 10, Jack King, Queen, Ace, through your different interests and experiences. So you might collect different cards in different categories of interest. Like you might have an Ace of, um, you know, wellness and then another, and other cards in the arts or music. And you collect these different combinations of cards that move you up the tiers of kind of like gamified um, access of Playground. Nice. The highest level of access will unlock a uh, coin, mm -hmm. play coin, which will be governance of Playground. So you will now have a say in, in you know, how the platform and the community progresses and grows. Um, so, yeah, we see this in Web2 now where people are like having opinions on what a Twitter or a Facebook, how they should behave, especially when there's like cultural moments mm -hmm. of action that's you know, discussed. Well, now with Playground, you're like, well, you know, it's there's not like a single person sitting at the top. It's like, you know, um, reaping all the benefits and deciding. Like, you can be part of, like, the, um, yeah, the value creation, but also the governance of it. Wow. Now, it sounds like it's like a DAO, right? Mm. Uh, is it a DAO or is it something that's already built in within the platform? Or is it like a future... Yeah. I think that um, the communities on Playground can def like will be introducing DAO tooling to them, so there'll be DAOs on Playground, um, and then Playground itself. If we're allowing them to be part of our governance structure, yes, yeah, so you can kind of see us as kind of becoming a DAO DAOs. Um, but since everything's so nascent, and honestly, DAOs can get quite messy. I think um, this will definitely be a long term play mm -hmm. very staged out and like pretty centralized in the beginning um but ultimately you know like that 51 percent say is um you can stage it out so that you know the right people like yeah basically it starts to become more nice. decentralized nice um what would you say some of your challenges right um because it just from a technical standpoint i know it's very complex to implement a lot of the things that you mentioned but they're all doable right what would you say some of your challenges uh, from a technical standpoint, also from building the platform where it could actually become that? I think the challenges are, we discussed this a little bit earlier, Richard, there's a lot of noise in the space sometimes, and there's a lot of opportunity. So when you're building, it's just to like stay super, super focused. And with a brand and platform like Playground, um, you know, like you, especially if it becomes like you're giving governance control, you want to make sure like everything is aligned with your values mm -hmm. to build, you know, a culture and a lifestyle and a brand. Ultimately, we want to be like a forever brand and not just one of those projects that like um, are all hype and die off. So I think it's the challenges are like, how do you get an equitable, diverse cap table 
build an equitable, diverse team and have that platform, like the tokenomics of it. It's very mm -hmm. nuanced. It's a very human, you know, it's a, it's like a lot of human questions in yeah. those discussions. So it's like, you know, building it the right way, I guess. If the challenge isn't building, there's a lot yeah. of builders, it's like building it with the right intention, Jesus, even yeah. when everything's about like speed or like making money. And there's a lot of like, uh, other things that can easily distract you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, what chain you guys are building this on? Is this on uh, Polygon, Solana, or is it multi-chain? Yeah, currently it's on Polygon, but uh, we ultimately will be multi-chain. Okay. And we are exploring, you know, a lot of these new projects that are really interesting that um, have that capability. Um, we have had the opportunity to work with like amazing projects um, like a Mistin Labs, for instance. And it was just like a little bit early, but we definitely plan to build on some of these newer projects or, and to be multi-chain. Oh, perfect. That's, that's wonderful. And now, um, what are the, uh, I know there, I was reading something on your website. There's the ground, ground coins versus play coins. Mm -hmm. What are the differences? Ah. Yeah, so the token paper, um, which we call the rainbow paper, um, to express, you know, the entire spectrum of communities mm -hmm. that we want to design. Love for. that name too. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, it had a division between points, which are in-platform rewards. So play points you earn by kind of just engaging. Um, and then the governance token was called ground. But um, I think we've we sort of had like a rebrand where now the ground coin is play coin. Mm -hmm. So we only have one coin, essentially it's governance. And so what you're referring to that um, is ground coin, I think we might rename it, but ultimately it's at the highest level of activity and play mm -hmm. on playground. You have, you have points that get you rewards, but also governance through the coin. Oh, perfect. Now, can you talk about your team? I you know, just give us a quick background who they are, because I know you're not only doing this, you're not doing this by yourself, right? You're building with a team. Just want to make sure we shout out everyone. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Um, well, we're backed by amazing partners. Anomaly is a global ad agency where I also, you know, spent some time in my career. Jason Deland's my partner and chairman of Playground. He's built multiple companies that, um, his one of them being Anomaly that Anomaly helped take to market. Um, so he's been an amazing partner. And then Animoca Brands is um, a lead investor in which, you know, a lot of people in their ecosystem feel internal, like Mohammed Zeldin is the head of tokenomics at Animoca. He's designing our token and his partner, Catherine Webb, as well. Um, internally, there's Sarav, our CTO, um, Sarav Sachan, Lindsay Gonzalez, our COO. Um, Nico Barnett, our head of product, Manny Patel, our head of community and marketing, um, Ale Bertrice, and who's our head of UX, and Carl Garvey, our creative director. And our team's remote, but they're all over the world, very international team. And happy to say it's like a really good mix of, you know, just like interest perspectives and, you know, like backgrounds. Nice, nice. Thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, what is the future roadmap for you guys? Uh, what's what to come? Uh, what are the things that you guys are working on uh, for the next, I'll say next week or next month? Or so? Yeah, um, well, our platform, we're currently onboarding lots of cultural communities and 
we were really prioritizing um, the NFT part of the project and tokens so that once they're on board and we can actually start to like reward them right away. Um, part of it is they will help us design this as well because we want to hear directly from you know people on the ground like what's what's interesting and incentivizing for them. Um, so you'll see our token and NFT project um, roll out. Uh, we're also focusing on our mobile app, um, NFT ticketing, since we're very much experience driven platform um, and social features uh, that keep you coming back. Uh, currently, like, you know, this month, which was like a pretty successful launch was, you know, um, NFT gated communities and NFT gated chats. So now we have, you know, those different access tiers that creators can kind of manage on the platform. Um, but yeah, basically our web three, like our web three core features will be more of the focus from now till end of the year and in Q1 next year. All right, perfect. And now how people could get in contact with you, how they could find you or your social channels? Nice, yeah. Um, on Instagram, we're Playground. On Twitter, we're meet underscore Playground. Um, and yeah, you can always email me, jolling at playgroundapp.com. The website is playgroundappapp.com and you can go visit it now and create your community. Perfect. Thank you, Jolling, for your time.